Parkinson's Law. Hello, my cubicle crisis, open space sinker swims, corner office crossroads, home den do or dies, and coffee shop crossroads. My name is Brock Armstrong, and I am not the workplace hero. Hopefully, despite the fact that I abandoned you there for a few months, you are still the true heroes around here. Well, that's right, folks, I'm back. Season 2 officially begins today. It was a nice but a busy break, and I feel like I've got a slightly clearer head and a few more ideas rattling around that I need to share now, but I also feel like I, well, like I need to do some explaining. But before I continue with that, allow me to do some self-promotion. <laughs> I have been working all over the frickin' place lately. I have this wonderful podcast that you're listening to right now, and I also write and record an episode and a blog post every single week at the Get Fit Guy at getfitguy.quickanddirtytips.com. I also have my online fitness coaching business at skywalkerfitness.ca, and my business partner, Monica Reinagel, and I have a weight loss program called Weightless over at weightless.me. Not to mention that I work for four other podcasts as either a technician or a producer. Now, with all that in mind, I have decided that I need to get all of my current projects and my future projects under one roof. And to help with that, I would love it if you would take a minute and sign up for my email newsletter over at workplacehero.me. The sign-up form is on the right-hand side of the page. You can't miss it. Now, because I believe so strongly in the idea of Inbox Zero, I promise that you will only receive an email once a week, tops. And it'll be short, to the point, and easy to delete with one button. And then, once I have myself all situated under that one roof, I'll be able to let you know all of the ways that I can help you stay fit and trim and happy and healthy. So, please, Sign up at WorkplaceHero.me and help us stay in touch. All right, now back to the topic at hand. How many of you have heard of a thing called Parkinson's Law? Show of hands? Not many of you. Okay, no problem. Parkinson's Law is actually a book by C. Northcote Parkinson. And this book is actually best known for its opening line, Work expands so as to fill the time available for its completion. <laughs> now do you recognize it? I bet you do. And, and honestly, I didn't know it had a name until I started writing this episode and did a Google search. The entire title of that first chapter of this book is actually Parkinson's Law or the Rising Pyramid, and it explains how work expands to fill the available resources within a bureaucracy, and then it goes on to explain why bureaucracies grow exponentially at a compounding rate of 5% per year, which is a lot more specific than the way we use the phrase today. Today, Parkinson's law is usually condensed down to just saying, work expands to the time allowed. Parkinson found that even a series of simple tasks could increase in complexity to fill up the time allotted to it. But as the length of time allocated to the task became shorter, the task became simpler and easier to solve. Now, if you look closer, this concept goes hand in hand with the belief that we all need to work harder rather than more efficiently. That mentality is reflected in the fact that, well, most jobs reward us for the hours that we have our butts planted in a seat 
rather than for the hours we actually spend working with results to show for it. Now, in the Wikipedia page that's dedicated to Parkinson's law, they say that the first reference meaning of the law has dominated, and it has sprouted several corollaries, the best known being the Stock-Sanford corollary to Parkinson's law that goes like this. If you wait until the last minute, it only takes a minute to do. <laughs> nice. Now, other corollaries, including the Horstman's corollary, goes like this. Work contracts to fit in the time we give it. And the Asimov corollary to the Parkinson's law goes like this. In 10 hours a day, you have time to fall twice as far behind in your commitments as in 5 hours a day. And finally, the corollary that resonates most with me, and that's because it's about computers, goes like this. Data expands to fill the space available on your hard drive. Now, the subtitle of the chapter in Parkinson's book is The Rising Pyramid, and that focuses on the way this growth happens, which is simply that bureaucrats create a pyramid of subordinates over and over again. Parkinson derives his law from two almost axiomatic statements, one being an official wants to multiply subordinates, not rivals, and the other being officials make work for each other. But that isn't really relevant to why I bring this up today. I bring this law up as a way of, well, explaining my absence from this podcast. The sad reality of all this is, is that by taking a break and therefore making a hole in my work week, all the other work that I had expanded to fill that time. And when it was time to come back from my hiatus, I got a terrible panicky feeling in my stomach. Where the heck was I going to find the hours to research and write and record and edit the podcast? And moreover, how on earth did I manage to do this before? There is simply not enough time in the day. So months went by while I waited for the time to free itself up. I waited for a few hours to burst through the door and shout, ta-da! And can you believe it? That never happened. And so I just kept hearing those dreaded words slip out of my mouth. I wish I had more time so I could get Workplace Hero rolling again. I wish I had more time. That statement bothers me on so many levels. First of all, wish is what my boss friend Dave calls a weasel word. Words that give you a wishy-washy escape route like wish and try are words that you quickly learn not to use around a high performer like him. And second, Having more time is its just not possible, and we all know that. I gave up on the idea that I could pull all-nighters way back in high school, and aside from my inability to skip sleep, I know that I'm only productive for like 8 to 10 hours per day, so what's the point of wishing? This amount of time in the day, week, and year is the reality, so deal with it, Brock. But then I thought, what if solving this puzzle is simply a case of fitting the same work into a shorter amount of time? Isn't that simply what I was doing before I took the hiatus? I mean, time didn't actually shorten itself when I took the vacation in Peru, did it? No, that's crazy. Of course it didn't. Now, interestingly, a marketing agency in Liverpool back in 2016 tried an experiment that focused on the idea that if work can expand to fill time, it can also contract. It only lasted for about two months, but it had a lasting impact. 
the company's old 8.30 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. workday was swapped for a 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. one, and that also included a mandatory one-hour lunch break. When the experiment ended, the company weighed the costs and the benefits of the six-hour day. Now, sadly, they decided not to introduce these hours on a permanent basis, but the reason for that was that their office is a place where clients are used to actually having their calls answered by a human until about 6 p.m. So it just didn't make good business sense for them. But the trial still shook things up. The workers have actually continued to cut their daily meetings from one hour down to 15 minutes and abolished all Friday meetings altogether. Every employee also has a six-hour day at least once a week, and on Fridays, everyone finishes at 4 p.m. Now, despite not being able to adopt those newer hours forever, the owner of the company still says that hours were down, but productivity was up. Now, evidence that shorter hours can actually boost output has been around much longer than this 2016 experiment, too. Munitions plants during the First World War actually shortened their hours and found that it made workers healthier and also more productive, according to the research done by John Penkevel, a professor of economics at Stanford University. Now, that professor crunched the data collected by the Health of Munition Workers Committee to investigate the effect of working long hours on the factory's mostly young female workers. Now, in the end, the committee's recommendations actually included giving workers at least one full day off each week, which apparently was a really smart move because it was calculated that the week's output was slightly higher when the munition workers worked 48 hours over six days compared to 70 hours over seven days. Now, okay, back to me and my experiment that I'm diving into. Now, you may be wondering how am I going to apply this to my life? Well, first, I actually noticed a few opportunities in the last few weeks where I finished the work that was on my to-do list, and you all remember how much I love my to-do lists, right? And then I found myself shifting activities from other days onto today, so I could, quote-unquote, get ahead. Seems like a great idea, right? Well, not really. I simply kept getting ahead, but never actually experienced any benefit from it. There was no magical free day waiting at the end of my to-do list. Just more tasks. So what the hell? So this morning, I edited a podcast that, incidentally, I didn't actually have to have completed until late next week, and then I cleared off the rest of the day. I resisted the urge to start on a script for next week's Get Fit Guy podcast, and I moved Get Groceries on my to-do list to tomorrow, because let's face it, no one's going to starve to death in this house in the next 24 hours. So, now, nothing pressing is waiting for me. I'm not letting any clients down or pushing work into my weekend. I just resisted the urge to get ahead or to focus on the work that makes the most profit. <sighs> and then I busted out the old workplace hero letterhead and dove back in. And it feels good. Alright, now your homework. You didn't think I was going to forget about your homework, did you? <laughs> All right. Your homework this week is to look at your own workload and see how you can apply a reverse Parkinson's law to it. Where can you compress the work to fit into a shorter amount of time? Now, I'm not suggesting that you start half-assing anything. That would defeat the purpose. Just look for places where you can trim the fat, so to speak. 
Look for a place where you can be the employee who defies the unwritten rule of work harder, not smarter. Instead of engaging in a leisurely 20 to 30 minute email perusal each morning, give yourself five minutes, or better yet, give yourself two minutes. If you work at a computer, you can actually use a digital timer when you start doing this. And remember, don't panic and revert immediately back to the original time if you get it wrong the first time. Just keep experimenting. Try and make everything a little bit faster. All right. As I mentioned in my own self-promotional ad earlier where I asked you to sign up for the newsletter, I'm in the process of rebranding and reorganizing and restructuring my own work life right now. So I'm not making any huge declarations or commitments at the moment. For now, I'm simply happy to be back in your ears. And I plan, not hope, because that's also a weasel word, I plan to make this experiment in time travel, time shifting, and time crunching a successful one. Workplace Hero is researched, written, narrated, and recorded by me, Brock Armstrong, in slightly snowy downtown Vancouver. Artwork by Ken Cunningham and music by my old band, The Irregular Heartbeats. Now, you know what to do. Go make this week efficient.